Real holes in the country. Line up for then Fig. Fig, the throw can go the distance. F to the I to the double G. Sam Fig taps it down. That is a huge play from Sam Fig. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Green and Gold Rugby Show for another week. The show that's getting you over the gain line on the hottest topics of Australian rugby. I'm Rugby Reg, and we're going to come to you via Eon Sports Digital Radio or from our website, Green and Gold Rugby, the home of all things rugby in Australia. Now, fresh off the red carpet tonight from the Australian premiere of Richie McCall's latest movie, or only movie, I should say, Chasing Great, is uh, Matt Rowley. How was it, Matt? Mate, I'm, I'm good. Look, I'm... I'm kind of I'm split, you know. It's it's tough, right? It's tough material to watch um, an hour and forty five minutes of Richie McCaw's success story when you're a Aussie rugby fan. Um, but I've got, you know I've got to say it is watchable. It's it's a watchable movie. It's um, you know it, it it's not like a I don't know. It's just it's not just a highlight reel. Um, it, it's quite interesting. It kind of goes into you know who he is as a person, what who he was as a kid. It really focuses into the loss in 2007 and then what they did to win in um, 11 and then 15, um, most of which is really mental. It really focuses on the yeah, mental right. side of things, which is which was quite interesting because um, obviously to get past that All Blacks chokers thing. Um, but then it's got a really bad ending from our point of view. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you I, I, I don't want to give Mc... it away. <laughs> no spoilers, no spoilers. Yeah. Do, you, do you see much of Mick Byrne at it? Not at all, no. I tell yeah, you, okay. I, I tell right. you, you see um, lots of Steve Hansen, who apparently was just a, a genius mastermind throughout Richie's career. Um, you don't see any other um, all-black coach apart from Gilbert Anoka, the, um, the shrink. Yeah. He's heavily yep. so, in there. Did you say stay for the credits? Was Steve Pants an executive producer on the movie? <laughs> may well have been. But look, I tell you this. <laughs> hey, look, I, 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 yeah, go on. Before, I know we've, we're going on about this a bit much, but the thing um, is that uh, actually what comes across is he's actually a bit of an OC. He's a bit of a rain man. He's quite OCD. And it, yeah, right. it wasn't until just a couple of years ago when he got engaged, you went, oh, I think it'd be quite good to have someone to share all this with. Like literally he lived on his own. And he's, he's sort of like this kid who you can imagine just sitting in his bedroom, you know, looking at posters on the wall but of rugby players and just being absolutely a fanatic about rugby. But then it turns out that he happens to be really, really good at it. <laughs> so, yeah, right. And so, that, so, the whole, so the whole sweeping of change rooms things isn't a culture. It's just his OCD. Yeah, it is. It is, <laughs> it is quite literally. And there's this really interesting bit at the end when it's leading up to the 2015 um, World Cup. And um, Dan Carter's reflecting on it. And, he, and Dan Carter says, look, you know, I was his best mate and whatever else, but he just went, he was just way too into it. Like just, he was just far too tense. And when another, you know, professional OCD athlete is saying that about you, um, it obviously shows the sort of guy he is. Um, So yeah, yeah, very, very, um, I must say it is interesting. And so, you know, you'll want to watch it at some stage. I'm not saying you necessarily want to go out and pay, but there you go. All right, good stuff. Now, look, Hugh Cavill, you're joining us now. You obviously didn't get a Guernsey, but, mate, I'm going to start by asking a question straight off the top. If you could have a movie made about any rugby player or moment, what would it be, mate? Well, I've actually got two for this, Reg, and, and, and um, evening evening to you both. Um, the uh, I've got two. Now, the, the fir- and I can't work out. The first is a sort of what I would call a bit of a slapstick sort of comedy, um, The Three Amigos. The Cooper O'Connor Beale story. Uh, subtitle, yeah. What happened that night at Hungry Jack's? I think it would be uh, 
<laughs> so uh, yeah, there's a uh, that, that's the sort of comedy one we're, we're doing, uh, and then so a bit more artsy. Yeah, do you remember that that showed the slap on ABC? Yeah, yeah. We kind of examined one event from eight different perspectives. Well, this is called the kick, and it's all about John Eels's famous conversion in in uh, two thousand and two thousand and two was it and. Uh, and yeah, the, the eight different perspectives, you know, from the refer- one episode's all about the referee's perspective, and another's, you know, the Rod McQueen's perspective, and another's the All Blacks perspective. It's it, it's a sort of eight part thing. It's uh, and, it's, know, uh, and I've got that sort of perspective I've got, too. I've got the title for you. We'll call it Rashomon Eels. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Matt, did you draw, draw any inspiration from the McCaw movie into any sort of a Australian spin-off? Oh, for sure, mate. And the one that, but I think I'm a bit OCD about this one. As you know, anything, yeah, George Smith. I could watch that. I could eat that up for four oh, yeah. hours. The George Smith life yeah. story. It's not over yet. The guy's still playing. He's still a champion. Um, Queensland Red. That's got to culminate next year in a, a, a Super Rugby title uh, in Queensland, mate. Well, exactly. So, and I think we're going to be talking about that later on. But no, I could watch that till the cows come home. Sensational. All right, mine is, I love the Willie O story. You know, touring Australia with the New Zealand schools rugby team, didn't have the right passport or visa, so they just ditched him at the airport and left him there. <laughs> a couple of years, couple of years later, he's, he's uh, you know, just like that Tom Hanks movie. Some Tom Hanks movie, he's stuck <laughs> on an airport, saw it. The terminal, that's it. A couple of years later, he's, uh, he's winning the Rugby World Cup. So, yeah. you know, we'll get Tom Hanks in to play Willie O and... Uh, Everything's rosy. Like all the best ARU recruitment stories, just whoever the key is leave at the <laughs> airport will we'll pick up, dust off. We'll pick up happily, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Now, it's a uh, a big show uh, tonight, as per usual. We've got NRC this weekend, the grand final. We've obviously got an Eden Park test. We've got the Wallaroos playing. Plenty to talk about. So let's get stuck into it. We've got our five burning questions for the evening. Uh, first question, what's the pass mark for the Wallabies look like in Eden Park this weekend? Question two, what player... Who didn't start last week, do we bring into the team this week to make a difference? Question three, with the NRC all but over, which Super Rugby team has benefited most from the NRC? Question four, should the NRC Grand Final have been played in Sydney this weekend? It's up in Tamworth, but should have been played in Sydney. And question five, uh, will the Reds' dad's army work against him? A little bit George Smith, a little bit Scott Higginbotham related, but we'll get to that one soon. Straight to question one. Matt, you're all hyped up on Kiwi rugby at the moment. Uh, what's this pass mark going to be for the Wallabies in Eden Park? Well, look, I think we all go into this match with a certain amount of trepidation, uh, and it's probably pretty justified with, you know, we've, we went over in the last podcast about, you know, the number of tries the Kiwis have scored, and so... I don't know. You know, containment um, will be uh, will be pretty good. So, look, I'm going to go in there, and I know I, I hate having to say this. You know, obviously, we all want to. You know, everyone wants to see a win. How many years has it been since we've had a win at Eden Park? And eighty-six, I think it was, oh, wasn't it? So yeah. that's thirty years. Yeah. So there's a little bit of reality there. Look, look, a pass mark is, I'd say, would be winning a half. Um, I want to say that, and I want to say that that's good, but. You know, with, with with unfortunately with these All Blacks, let's say you win the first half, you could still be down. You could still lose forty to ten. Yes. yes. Um, so you know, I'd, I'd like to say that that would look good to at least have ascendancy somewhere. And I think we've got that in us. I think we've kind of shown that a few times in this, uh, you know, in this championship. I think if we can get up there and really muscle them, everyone has been having a big go about us and the nickel and all the rest of it. But that's what you've got to do, and it it does actually put. You know, there's not a lot to put the All Blacks off, but you have to get physically. You have to be knocking them backwards. And look, I mean, I, I think just 
unnecessary and inequal doesn't hurt, but you've got to be confrontational and they're going to arc up about that. And if we can do that and really strangle them down for a half, I mean, someone's got to show how you turn the points off on these guys. And if we could really do that, well, then that's at least a step forward. And if you know you can do it for a half, can you build on top of that? Yeah, yeah, really good. Neagle's interesting one. You'll have uh, Steve Moore excited again, getting that smile back on his face. Yeah. Um, Hugh, Hugh, what about you? What are you hoping to see? What, what are you going to be satisfied with from this weekend? Well, look, I think our target has got to be improvement on last time uh, against the All Blacks, and I think that was 20 points. We got within 20 points. I think that's our kind of that's our pass mark for me. If we can if we can keep the margin tighter than that, if we can get within a couple of tries and kind of shows that we've come out of the end of this this uh, rugby championship better than we started. Um, I'm still not entirely convinced that's the case, and certainly losing Wilgenia is a blow and probably being our most valuable player through the whole series. Um, so I, I think it's it's just a matter of, of seeing how, how close we can run them, and, and you know, 19 is, is the closest anyone's gotten this rugby <laughs> championship. If we can get within that, and we can, I think, conceivably point to some level of progress and... and <laughs> however hollow that may be. Uh, and look, if we can get within, you know, 10 points, then I think well, that becomes all the more impressive. So, um, I'm, um, yeah, uh, it's a bit defeatist and it's the first time I can ever remember yeah. going in with a, without any hope of, um, any hope of any results, um, which is in, in some way very depressing and in another way, very, very liberating, very liberating. I'm there with you, but I think it's just really sad. Yeah, yeah, it is. But yeah, so I'm along the same lines, and I'd put sort of down two targets, and one's a, a single-digit lost margin. So kind of like you're saying there, here, if we're under 10, if we're that close, I'd be pretty damn stoked. But the other big thing for me, and this will come into one of my other questions later, I'd love to see us score some tries. I don't know what it is, four-plus tries, because the Kiwis have not had tries scored against them. What, Matt, can you remember the, the stat from how many tries scored against them in the in the rugby championship? Was it seven or something like that? But, you know, their defence is pretty damn impeccable. So if, if we can break that defensive line uh, consistently, I don't know how we're going to do it. Um, you know, I think we've got a, all got a few guesses. If, if Quay clicks, if Karevi does his do again if Izzy gets back to form you know if McMahon's possibly there there's a few options for us but if we can if we can crack their line a few times and score a few tries I'll actually be pretty happy you know not going to be stoked with a, a 60 to 26 score line but if we can score a few tries that'll do me okay yeah I, yeah it's a tough one I just uh, I was thinking tonight though just you know you, you watching this this movie and just where the All Blacks have got to as far as, you know, over the top of everybody. Um, and I think we're all, I think everyone would say, look, you know, who they've been playing haven't actually been helping themselves. I don't think the Wallabies have been playing particularly well. I don't think the Springboks have either. I just I just can't believe, you know, that, that that's it, though. I think someone's going to be able to find the way to turn this off, especially with such high-scoring games. And you just that sort of thing usually can wobble out of control. So as much as it can score you a lot of points, you know, can it grind it out? And... I'm just really hoping that we can, you know, find that bit where, you know, we can turn that back on itself and just try and find a bit of self-doubt in them. Um, you know, if you, if you can find that, getting them under that bit of pressure where things don't start to work and that offload game, you know, stops happening and they have to really scrabble, yeah, maybe they still grind a win out of it. I think, as you said, if you can get it down to a single digits um, sort of, you know, difference there, 
um, you know, just to give you a bit of a hope, something to work on. Do you see what I mean? I think if it's just you got, if you're still within, you know, if you, if they're outside of two scores, you, you haven't got really that much closer, have you? You can't even say that they've broken a sweat. I think you really want to kind of, you know, draw a bead of sweat from them um, from a nervous perspective. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's almost that unmeasurable quality, isn't it, Matt? You know, mm. we can guess score lines and all that sort of stuff, but you're right. It, you know, it will come away at the end of the game knowing whether, you know, we've, we're have we happy with that performance. If, if it's not a win, it's... But it's that, you know, the, the, the All Blacks have felt the pressure and, and perhaps for a few minutes there, that Eden Park crowd uh, was silent or shocked into a submission a little bit, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. No, and, and actually it showed that um, they did, like, again, the, the, the movie tonight um, really focused on that mental bit and they you know he and McCaw talked about how in that 2007 match uh, in the final of the World Cup that they lost against the French how you know when things started to go wrong and he said you know he knew there was problems when he saw players looking at each other sort of saying you know you know what what, to, what do we do now um, and I, I don't think we've really put the All Blacks under that sort of pressure for for quite a while um, we probably saw it in that one test match um, in Sydney um, before the World Cup um, mm. When towards the end, I think we need to somehow re- reproduce that, e- even if the the final result doesn't go our way. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to burning question number two. And, and uh, Hugh, I'll go, come to you. Is uh, if we want to achieve that, what player who didn't start last week do we need to bring into this team this week? It look. It's it's tough. I mean, we kind of I think have settled more or less on on. Um, on, on our on our team, I mean, th- there's one obvious answer, and uh, I think to me that's that's David Pocock, who uh, we really missed in the last two matches. Um, just that presence at the ruck he has in defence, that you know, in slowing opposition ball and making making 25 tackles, and we we know how good he is. Um, even though this year I don't think he's been his best, and I think he'd probably admit that as well. Um, but but having him there certainly gives a um, just gives that class element, gives that physicality, and gives that work rate um, around the field that, um, that 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 we've been we've been lacking. I don't think there's too many other really sort of you know pieces that we can put in to make us that much better that we're going to charm the All Blacks. But I think you know certainly with him in the team, you're much more likely to do well than not because um, you know he is such a class player and, and he rises in these sort of big occasions. All right, well I'll go the opposite, mate, because I I am. Uh I want wholesale, I, and I don't want. I don't think Pocock gets back in the team. In my book, I think his quality play has been out too long to come straight back in the team. But going back to my previous comment that the All Blacks have uh, have uh, this fantastic defence, I think it's time to go all out. So this is a time I would be moving Falau into the centres, put Karevi inside of him, got Hallett Petty at fullback. I want Naivalu starting. I want Morahan on the other wing. Um, Phipps is probably going to have to start at halfback. I want I want Leroy Houston starting at eight. I want Lottie Petty Tamani at number six. I want this is about attack this game. I just want us out there running hard, scoring tries. So I don't expect it to happen, but that that's what I'd like to see this weekend. And then you're thinking, what Reg bring on Dean Mum to win it? Is that is that the plan? Yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah, okay. just to close it out for us. Yeah, Him and Tolu Larsi. <laughs> um, look, a lot of what you say there, I think a lot of those. I mean, I was kind of my mind was sort of going the way that you were going, which is I don't know how many new faces it was. I mean, obviously you've um, got gone with Naivali there, bit untested. That, yep. That's an interesting one, especially at Eden Park. Um, and Le- Leroy Houston is he in the country? Did they bring him back? 
Oh, that's a good question. I actually didn't check. I, don't, I should check that Wallaby squad. I, I actually remember seeing a tweet, perhaps from um, Will, that he's not. I'll check it up. So you keep talking. I'll yeah. confirm for us. Well, I mean, I, and I must admit, he looked to me just around that midriff like he's a bench impact player. I don't know how he does sixty minutes um, against the All Blacks uh, in, in terms of fitness. Which, and I kind of suspect that's maybe why he he didn't get so much of a gig with the Wallabies. But you know, for all I know. But yeah, look, I mean, Falau's obviously not. Gelling at 15. Haylett Petty, I think, has put his hand up for that. So, yeah, that's sort of moving around. Um, I like the look of. Um, we've talked about Bernard Foley. I don't think he's on form at 12. He's he kind of struggling there a bit. However, I don't think Reese Hodges is your 12 yet. Um, who did you have at no. 12, by the no. way, there, Reg? I just moved Karevi in one. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I could, yeah, I could probably live with that. Um, but I wouldn't be putting... Everyone seems to be reaching for Reese Hodge at 12. I, I, I don't think he's shown anything that makes you think that that's the place he would play. Um, anyway, so, yeah, but a bunch of those others I could I could um, really agree with. The one that I, you know, um, yeah, I, I think probably... And this is a tough one, so it's probably not going to happen. But Stephen Moore, I just think his general field play, he's just... He looks so wooden at the moment, um, and you can't even say that the line-out has been sort of rock-solid. Yes, it's, it's got, it was better last match. Um, I think we start need to be thinking about who's next. Um, but who is next, then? Well, who very is good next? question. I guess it's, you know, James Hansen is finding himself in the seat because... Um, what? Yep. Can someone remind me why TPN's out? Is he injured? Yeah, uh, so yes, I think he's he... been carrying an injury for a lot of the year, and yeah. I think given he's now kind of opting out of Australian rugby, they've said... Good time to probably go away and get that get that right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So suddenly you've got some big chances. It's probably time to throw. I mean, you know, Tolly Lado. I think what went into the squad. I think other people have talked about yep. ready. You know, if he's going to get some squad time now, that would be the time to do it. But I do think we need, we need to start thinking about the next the next you know the next uh, set of hookers there because it looks like I think we're probably we're definitely losing one of our frontline ones, which is TPN. And I, I got to think the question's over squeaky, even though his captaincy's sort of improved. So yeah, that, that, they're the sort of ones I'd be thinking about. Yeah, just checking too. So Leroy's not in the squad, so he must have gone back to Bath. So he scuppers my plans. I might give Pocock a reprieve then, or or maybe even put Sean McMahon um, straight into the starting lineup. Well, Sean McMahon's uh, Sean McMahon's the other big. You know, I just love what he brings. Hmm. Um, in the batting team, but he'll come off the bench with half an hour to go and wreak havoc. Yeah, you'd hope so. He's a, he's a wonderful player, and, um, and um, he's done it against these New Zealand teams, uh, playing Super Rugby, so why wouldn't he get the chance to do it um, uh, in uh, Bledisloe as well? So, um, all right, well, let's move on to burning question number three uh, with that one, and it is... Uh, so the NRC uh, is all but dusted last game this weekend, the grand final between the, the Eagles and the Spirit. want to talk as a result of all these games and performances, which Super Rugby team has benefited the most from the NRC? I'm sure we might have an idea, Hugh, but let's go to you first. So here we go. Is Hugh there? Ah, oh, we've just, Hugh Hugh? Had, 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 Hugh's had some issues there, I think, Reg. Um, oh, go sorry. Okay. All right. Well, let's go to you, mate. Yeah. What's your thoughts? Um, well, look, the, the the team. I'm more going with the Marbo here, Reg. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, the the, the team and they've, they've obviously done um, very well and, and got to the the late stage of the whole tournament. Um, but I think you know it's the Country Eagles um, for me, New South Wales. Um, had some players really start to stand up. Horwitz um, has has looked good. I think Hannigan sort of 
um, come into his own with all the different ends in his name. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, and they've shown some you know solidity, you know, stuff around the pack, things like that. So, I mean, I think most of that flows through to the Waratahs actually, who are in a bit of a rebuild session for themselves. So, the fact that I think a lot of these young guys are stepping up and getting some confidence, um, you know, is, is is a good looking thing. Um, but that, yeah, yeah, that's that's where I kind of uh, point towards. Yeah, it's an interesting. I mean, it's interesting to see what impact. Uh, the success of those three New South Wales teams and the Rams just missed out has on that Waratah side. And I guess, you know, you look at guys like Ray Simone from um, from the Rays who are sensational. Whether he actually gets a start, you've got to forget there's, you know, sort of Rob Horn still around a few of these players. But uh, which of these guys from the NRC actually make it through the Tars and have the same sort of impact? Hugh, what about you from a Super Rugby perspective? Who, who sort of benefits from the success of the NRC? Which teams? Mr. Cavill. Oh, well, I'll go. I'll, I'll, oh, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry I had my yeah. microphone on mute. Sorry, I was I was being a um, a diligent uh, co-host. Good listener. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So I didn't actually. I uh, wasn't this really listening to what Matt says, but that's just a <laughs> that's normal. Um, yeah, yeah. I can't build on that. But two for me, there's been two main two main winners, and that's um, that's the Force and the Waratahs. Uh, I, th- I think um, actually watching the Perth Spirit, and we're going to get, uh, I presume, to that in the next question. But um, they've got some really good, good, good players there, and it's given especially their fringe guys an opportunity um, to kind of to step up and, and and have a go. And also the guys that were pretty established there, like Masarewa and and uh, Stander and a few of these guys, Ross Haylett, Petty, um, to get just some a, a lot of good game time, and, and they look. They've looked a class above the last couple of weeks, the class above the opposition. So that's been great for them, and and they've uncovered some some pretty good prospects uh, prospects as well. But the um the Waratahs are the other ones, and I you know you guys touched on it there with guy, you know Sony who's who's been probably the find of the year in terms of in, in Sydney rugby anyway, um, and then building that on the heart you know Jake Gordon the heart, you know halfbacks and and some of the, some of the other guys that. That um, have been floating around uh, New South Wales rugby for a few years, and, and now have a, uh, have a have a have a really good chance to establish themselves at a higher level. And, and uh, good to see, um, you know, Jack Dempsey. Um, I thought for the Rays was a, was a really was a standout, and he just broke onto the scene uh, at the end of last year. And uh, Ned Hannigan as well, who had a great year, Reg. So that there's there's plenty of good blokes coming out of the task. So I think they're the, the two main success stories. But um, I don't think any team's going to going to have, have would have fared badly out of the NRC. Well, I think the one concern might if you look at the Brumbies, that their big issue is around. They're probably playmaking role. So obviously, Matty Tamua has gone off overseas. Lili Afano has his more significant battles, and by the sound of it, won't be back next year. I think they're looking at a 12 month um, uh, on the sideline for him. Um, so I think they were looking to use this this uh, NRC as a chance to maybe blood some of their youngsters. So we saw Nick Hust uh, start a few games, um, even Alex Horan get a few off the bench later on. Um, uh, the young uh, centre. Uh, Jordan Hope and also Robbie Coleman. And I think it's got to be said, none of them really looked entirely comfortable. I think if the if the Brumbies are relying on Hust or even Coleman for their fly half positions next year and Super Rugby, they'll be really concerned. So I think that's 
that's one that's a real real concern for sort of Canberra fans and who sort of fills out that position. But uh, they'll have a great forward back. They've got Staniforth, Carter, uh, Enever and, and Arnold. They're all fantastic and plenty of props. But that back line really has got to get going uh, outside uh, outside those guys. And there, there's some gaps there. Um, the one I wanted to mention was the same as you, the force. I think they're, they're great. It's interesting to see the spirit adapt to the NRC different this year than they did in the past. So previously, they used to really rotate their players, particularly sort of um, uh, rest up their, their super rugby stars, and they never travelled. They only just sort of play at home and all that sort of stuff. So there's, there's no continuity. But this year, they've really sort of stuck to a squad and, 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 and stuck with it through the tournament. They've made occasional changes here and there, but... Uh, what it's enabled them to do is the combination between, for instance, Lance at 10 and Benny Tapawai and Billy Meeks in the centres has really worked through. And Taps and Meeks are looking fantastic in the centres there. You're chucking Morahan at fullback. I guess he'll be on the wing with Hale at Betty at fullback, perhaps. Um, and as you say, some of those other flyers are fantastic. The combinations in the back row, but even the full, uh, the, the front row. So they'll. Uh, Peck Cowan has been really good. Jermaine Ainsley at tight head's been great. Heath Tespin's been back. But they've got these two young props. Who um, Shambalaka Vui, who are, who has been sensational at tight head prep, just a young guy and, a, and another guy who's a bit more experienced, come through the club system there. And I won't even attempt to uh, pronounce his name at loose head, but it's just really giving them great depth. So uh, yeah, you're right. The Spirit are a big success story out of this. Um, but can I talk up Queensland for a little bit? Yeah, somehow. <laughs> how has Queensland benefited from this, uh, Red? I'm sure you're going to tell us. Yeah, how how is the collective failure of both Queensland teams, you know, <laughs> in the best interest of Queensland rugby? Mate, it's about the development of players. It's not about winning trophies. Mate, yeah, it was fascinating, and I think I I, I did our uh, team of the season, our NRC team of the season post this week, and putting it together was tough because I <laughs> more than. Uh, uh, more than a, a quarter of the team is made up from the Queensland team. <laughs> Two Queensland teams who finished uh, last and second last, and that was Luke and Tui, um, uh, Patoa Paraka, Lucid Prop, Isaiah Parisi, and Tom Banks. But I, I couldn't dispute <laughs> any of them, and, and to be honest, no one on the form has really been able to either, but uh, these young guys, there has been some brilliant young talent come through from those guys, and Parisi, I've got no doubt, will be in the Reds team starting next team next year. I, I think if he's if he's not on the wing uh, straight away, he, he'll be there very quickly soon afterwards. I think we'll have uh, Fawaya Sortia start late. Campbell Magnate might start late. So that might mean Parisi starts straight away the Super Rugby season on the wing, which is great. And he's a super talent. He is such a fantastic player. I can't wait to see him in Super Rugby uh, running outside Karevi. And then Luke and Chewy, who's, mate, we got locks at the wazoo in the Reds with Simmons and Douglas and and Caden uh, Neville. But uh, Luke and Tui, this guy is a real talent. So um, I'm pretty happy with the talent with us being able to produce in the NRC and, and hopefully it uh, gets their chance next year. Um, let's uh, Something we threw out on Twitter, Matt, I think uh, it's worth interrupting here about is we, we talked about rugby movies so on the back of the Richie McCall movie. Uh, again, what are some rugby-themed movies people could come up with, uh, uh, just uh, existing movies with a slight rugby twist? you got any for us? Yeah, well, the, the hashtag, mate, is trending. Um, I think you could definitely say there's at least four replies here. Um, we've got um, uh, from Rugby Riddler, we've got The Magnificent Seven, Hands Off. Um, <laughs> uh, what else have we got? We've got uh, from Andrew Reid, uh, we've got Hawaii 5 8th, 
Um, like that one. Yeah, we've got Enemy Outside the Gate, the Richie McCaw story. <laughs> uh, and what else have we got there? There's, uh, there's some. Oh, the, uh, the, I like this one actually from um, Bandwagon Bulldog. Um, the Manchurian Candidate. Eight. <laughs> uh, hashtag rugby movie. Um, um, yeah, get, get them into us. But look, I'm also re- replying to uh, movies that people would like to see. Um, Tim Gordon has come back here. He said he'd like to either see the true story of the Ewan McKenzie thing. Oh, that would be good, eh? Just imagine yep. if, um, if uh, someone actually did some reporting on that and got to the bottom of that and interviewed people. That, that there's a there's a hell of a story in there. Um, was, well, uh, that's can we talk? That's been the great of all the things in Australian rugby. Everyone normally speaks them, runs their mouth off about everything, mm-hmm. and there's no confidentiality. At all. But this has been the great silence of what you know. And I think mainly it's because McKen, you know, McKenzie himself is refusing has sort of gone into. Yeah, not hiding, but you know, has really it's gone off the grid and hasn't written a book or doesn't seems to be doesn't have hasn't seemed to be writing a book or anything, and yeah, we've all just kind of gone past it. It's well, kind of weird. Well, it's, there is that one. I mean, there's a few bodies and cupboards, mate, and the, the other one is you know what's been happening in Canberra. Heard anything recently about that? Um, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's another one that's just gone under the. Yeah. You know, gone under the carpet, and look. You know, these are the sorts of things that you'd be hoping. You know, people would be digging up, right? You know, this is sort of what you know you'd be hoping journalism would be would be pulling out. Um, there's some good stories in there. I'll tell you the other story that whimpered out like we thought it would, but I reckon there's more chicken on that bone. Was that bugging thing? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it, it looked to me between the lines the the police were saying there's this, there's something very fishy about this, and it involves the Kiwi team. Um, so, you know, but obviously there was nothing in it. If no one was going to press charges, there was kind of nothing to chase down. But look, there you go. There's three stories, <laughs> um, each of which, you know, kind of need chasing down. Someone needs to get out there and a bit of gumshoe and, and find it. But, yeah, anyway, thanks for everybody for sending in those. I don't know. How, how do we get there from a hashtag? I don't know. Oh, yeah, the movie. Sorry, yeah, back to Tim Gordon. So, yeah, he wanted the uh, Mackenzie thing. Or a nostalgic 95-minute montage of Andrew Walker tries and 60-meter and 60 meter torpedoes. I'd pay that. I'd pay to see that. I must admit, 60-meter torpedoes. That'd be great. Hi, hi Def. I, IMAX movie. Lovely. <laughs> It'd have them weeping in the aisles, mate. That sounds fantastic. All right, let's move on to our next burning question. So the NRC Grand Finals uh, in Tamworth this weekend, 7.45 on Saturday night following the uh, the Bledisloe Cup. Was this a lost opportunity, you know, taking a country, okay, they're the Eagles, but should have this been played in Sydney to catch a bit of the momentum of, of uh, that the NRC's built this last couple of weeks? Uh, Hugh, any thoughts on that one? No, no, you have to play it in the country. It defeats the whole purpose of having a country team. If the one time they have a good game or, you know, a, a big final, they, they play it in the city. I mean, it just defeats everything that they stand for. Um, I think it's a great idea having it at Tamworth, and let's hope the local community really get behind it and, and uh, bringing these sort of top rugby back to the regions. It's, it's something that the, the country Eagles and Queensland country have endeavoured to do. And, and um, you know, outside of one, you know, they've had a couple of games in Sydney this year. New South Wales country, one of which was forced by, I think, floods out in um, out in Orange or Forbes. I can't remember yep. what it was, but um, Orange, the uh, yep, yep. the uh, 
uh, bringing it to Tamworth, I, I, th- I think, is fantastic. And the only this, the sad thing is, Reg, and we we spoke about it last week. The the poor old Perth spirit having to travel, having oh. to have gone covered half the you know cover the country five times over, now have to go back to Perth and trek out to bloody Tamworth. I think they're flying in, having a night in Sydney, then flying over to to Tamworth on Saturday, on Saturday morning or Friday Friday morning, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's not ideal from a travel perspective, but I th- I think it's um I, th- I think it'd be fantastic. What about you, Matt? You you've uh, experienced a bit of NRC this year, North Sydney Oval and whatnot. Mm. Do you think it's a, a missed opportunity not being in Sydney? Yes, mate, and that's where it should be, North Sydney Oval. Um, <laughs> not just because it's walking distance from my house, uh, <laughs> but it's but also because it's walking distance from my house. Um, yeah, look. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's yeah. I guess it's a bit, a bit of a pity that some you know it's not going to be easy for us all to get the games. And I guess the problem of that being in New South Wales country is that covers a hell of a lot of territory, like I know it does also in uh, you know Queensland or WA. Um, but look, yeah, it, all, all seriousness, the country team is there. Yeah, I mean they sh- they should have it. Um, yeah, just a bit of a pity. Um, I can't walk down the road, but um, I'm sure people get over that. Yeah, it's showing a bit of momentum was built the last couple of weeks of the NRC, wasn't it? That last round, um, the Pacific Island round, and particularly out at Concord Oval with the Rams-Eagles game. It was a great crowd, great atmosphere, you know, really sort of caught the imagination. And then last week, the final at Pittwater Park, the, the Rays uh, taking on the spirit there. Um, again, fantastic crowd, really, you know, significant numbers there, which is fantastic. Mm. In saying that, you know, th- th- there's a feeling that Tamworth are really getting behind it. I think they're looking at a crowd of 7,000 or so, which would be, I think, pretty equivalent to what Brisbane City got their first grand final a couple of years ago. I think that was about 8,000, so that'd be awesome. I know they're planning a big day for it, that uh, gate's opening early, they've got a bit of pretty much in a time and they're putting the Bledisloe Cup on the big screen, I think the Wallaroo test on the big screen, and then kick off at 7.45. It would be pretty awesome to to experience that sort of uh, atmosphere in a, a country town like Tamworth, wouldn't it? No, fantastic. And look, have we talked about Fiji coming to the NRC? No, um, let's talk it now, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's a bit of, that was a bit of one out of left field. I mean, you're, you, you've kind of, you know all the insides and outs of NRC here, Reg. Was that, you know, was that news to you or had you smelt that one bubbling? Oh, no, I think it had been talked about for a couple of weeks, um, but it's, um, it's uh, you know, it was pulled together pretty quickly. In saying that, I think the, the, the story behind it was John McKee, who's a coach or assistant coach for Fiji a couple of years ago, um, you know, was really just quite sick of losing all his talent to Europe, his young talent to Europe, so had talked about getting um, uh, the Fiji, I think, into Super Rugby was his target, approached World Rugby in the ARU, and then I think um, Ben Whitaker, I think it was Ben Whitaker, sort of really got behind, let's put in the NRC. Um, and if you remember, I think a few years ago, I don't know if you remember before the NRC, maybe when we had the Rico Challenge or something like that, or maybe it was yeah, the, yeah. the Australia A, Australia A, we played New Zealand, Maoris or something like that. And again, I think World Rugby played for Fiji, paid for Fiji to be in that. But this is huge. So it's a, you know, it's a, a domestic Fiji team. World Rugby will subsidise all the costs of, of them participating, including flying all the Aussie teams over there. So, oh, right. So that's where it's coming from. I hadn't heard that bit. Yeah, yeah. So World Rugby are covering that. So it's a it's a no-lose situation from an Australian perspective in terms of it, they're not shelling out any more. I think it, it could have a really positive impact on the um, on the, on the crowds as well. You know, the, yeah, people love sure. watching the Fijians play. 
Um, and, and what many people forget is that, you know, and, and Pulver alluded to it, and he's talked about possibly taking a test of VG in the coming years, is that back in the 60s when, when Aussie rugby was at its, you know, dire straits and New Zealand, the Springboks, were a little bit sick of flogging us and, and things, and I think there's a couple of years there where they just didn't play us. Fiji actually came out for a couple of tours and they, they played amazing footy and, and they brought the crowds back and it really sort of put cash back in the coffers of Australian rugby and, and saved us from uh, dying a, a slow, painful death. So there is a, a bit of a debt we owe to Fiji and it's, mm. it's great to see them sort and of a part of this. And we've been recruiting from there ever since. It's been brilliant. Yeah, it's, well, I think legitimately, I think you'll see a few sons of that team, touring team, you know, come through the, the generations there as well. So, but, but what, no, but, it's, it's a massive one. But how do we think that, like, that Fiji team's going to, to do? I mean, are they, you know, are they going to be pretty strong and pretty, I mean, dominant? I mean, we know, you know, I think everyone knows that Fiji's success in the sevens doesn't necessarily translate through to the, the 15s, and obviously a bunch of their top talent will be off in, around Europe and wherever else. But, yeah. um, uh, you know, you, I would have thought they'd be pretty competitive in, in, the, in, a, in an NRC sort of level. Yeah, I think it'll be a bit like bit like yeah, the no. Hagawaras in the Super Rugby. I think it'll be a bit of an unknown commodity. They could come mm. out and, and, and win comfortably, or they could come out be sellable. to us. I'd be surprised if they came out and dominated. I think it'd be a bit of a uh, bit of a teething process, a couple of years for them to sort of get beaten the travel factor and and a whole lot of other things um, might come into it. But um, oh, it's um, it's it's enticing certainly, and I think um, you know if World Rugby are footing the bill, I think it's it's a very very smart thing to do, and can only help the development of our players by exposing them to a different style and. And, um, you know, um, yeah, I think it will be a point of interest to bring, bring crowds in the door for sure, especially with the, the massive Islander communities out in Western Sydney that love seeing Fiji play. Yeah, exactly right. And I think um, you talk about standards. And it'll be interesting. The travel factor is always a, a big thing. And it's a, it's a short tournament. There's seven weeks now. It'll, it'll be extended for next year. But this Fiji Warriors team, which is effectively who it is, they just lost to an Argentina 15. So I think like a, a second Argentina 15 uh, by a point just a couple of days ago. So, you know, the, the quality will be there. It'll be at a, a new dimension to the tournament. And um uh, and and as you know, when we had Pete Playfit on it, what it, what will be interesting is that what it provides more content, which is great, and, and why there's no great broadcast opportunities within Fiji. It does add an international element to this, and, and all of a sudden, World Rugby are a partner, a stakeholder with this tournament. Mm. And I wonder what it might open up in terms of broadcast rights overseas in Europe and so on. I, I, you know, I think there might be some potential there from this from this uh, announcement. Yeah, it's quite a coup. Yeah, yeah, significant. So that's great. Okay, so look, we hadn't talked, um, about, we hadn't talked about Fiji. I'll tell you something else we haven't talked about is the Dunny Dweller, um, Aaron Smith. Now, did we, I don't think we covered him on the on the podcast either. What what a turn up that was! Didn't expect that, eh? <laughs> it's not the type of thing you can really plan for, I know, but it's a, it was a bit of an odd one. Yeah, I think it'd be it'd be a bit weird if you were expecting that sort of thing, Matt. To be honest. <laughs> I don't know, certain websites I go to. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know that, that was an interesting one. And, and um, I know a bit of cross-mention here of the Egg Chasers podcast. I know JB went off on a rant about this one, um, saying about how he felt Smith had been, you know, le- left out to dry by Kiwi management being, you know, just basically shoved in front of those cameras, um, you know. But, uh, yeah, well, yeah, 
yeah, pretty odd situation um, there. And uh, look, I think everyone's clawing at something and hoping this is saying something about the All Blacks sort of team culture or something. I don't know. I think we might be grasping at a few straws. Oh, yeah, yeah well, I know. It's, Go on, it's, you. It's been pretty... Well, I mean, apparently from a couple of mates over in New Zealand, it's been everywhere for a week and a half. You know, it's kind of sort of dominated the headlines. And I think over there, there's certainly been a bit of a, you know, a huge reaction from everyone over there because, I don't know, they live and breathe the All Blacks, obviously. And, and um, it's it's taken... It's taken um, the whole place by storm. We're here. It's kind of been an, a little odd spot, I- interesting story, but kind of gone by the wayside. I mean, compared to some of the scandals that <laughs> rugby league players and AFL players, especially, get up to here, mm. um, it kind of makes it look pretty tame. But yeah. um, well, I mean, is it, they've got. I was just going to say they've got a few dots you can draw together now, though. Like you got that, well, that stripper gate that was happening with the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, and you, now you look at this, and just as far as some of the details, so. It, she wasn't his partner, right? So he's he's got no, a full time no. partner, um, and yep. so this is just was it just some random? Like, have we f- even figured out who the hell I, he was? That's I don't understand. And, and you know, I'm a middle aged man with four kids. I don't understand how these things happen. You know, <laughs> well, I kind of understand an aspect of it. But hey, what what situation do you all of a sudden find yourself in the disabled toilet while you're in layover in Christchurch of all places? It just it's beyond me. No, very, very strange. Maybe speak up for you millennials, Hugh. Yeah. Explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I, look, you know, it's it's funny how, um, yeah, you know, the, I suppose, and, and look, he's wearing the All Blacks team shirt, which is kind of, I think, why why he's got into a bit of trouble, but it was probably why he was attractive in the first place. I know when I'm wearing my subbies, when I'm wearing my subbies team shirt, I, I certainly are. I can't say I'm inundated with offers to, 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 um, have someone accompany me into the disabled bathrooms, but um, yeah. you know, I, I, it could happen. So um, I might have to start wearing a wallabies shirt, wallabies shirt around or something like that. Or maybe it's just the uh, the subbies is not isn't isn't quite uh, having the the right effect. Yeah, strange things that happen in the bathrooms just by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, Rich, can we get back to an RC? But we'll pose questions, Reg, to elucidate yes, the yeah, questions. Let's see, I know. They're very open-ended. But let's try and get back on track with our last burning question. And the Reds' dad army, We a couple of articles on the site poking fun at the Reds signing George Smith and Scott Higginbotham. They've released their official squad this week. Is that going to work against me? You think it's uh, too many aged warriors there, Matt? Well, I know you were, you were livid about this, Reg, because not only the off-white card... Um, get stuck into the NRC, but then the very next day it had a go. <laughs> it had a go at the Reds. So I know there were some pretty testy little messages from yourself there, um, but it's good to see you can talk about it now. Look, um, you know, only a season ago we were like, where to for the Reds from now, right? And it looked mm. like all the talent had gone. You couldn't see how this thing was going to pull around. Look, I don't think this is, you know, with this set of old timers, I don't think this is obviously not a squad for the future, so to speak. But if, if it's about getting some, you know, they were going to, otherwise you were looking at a, a squad that was so green that, you know, they were just going to be cannon fodder. And I think at least this way around, it shores things up. I don't think this team is going to be an easy beats. I think they're going to know there's a lot of people in there who know how to win. Um, there's a serious amount of talent. 
most people would say you need a world-class 9 and 10 if you're going to get anywhere and if you've ever got a shot. And you've got, in terms of, I think, in super terms, I think you've got a top-class 9 and 10 um, there in, um, you know, uh, Cooper. Oh, no, I was going to say, I was going to say, Genny is not back there as well, though, is he? No, no, Frisbee still, no, uh, Genny's not back. Oh, well, the squats, oh, the squats. Scrap all that, though. This, these guys have got no hope. <laughs> no, um, uh, look, now I think you've got, um, especially in, in around the pack, right, you've got some big, big names there. Stephen Moore, I guess I was saying earlier on, I'm you know, not sure he's at his best international form, but he's still very good at super level. You know, George Smith, um, you know, th- there's some big, big names. And I think, and I know you'll, you'll go through some more of the finer detail there, Reg, around the pack, but I think the pack is looking good. So, look, I, the, the big thing for me is I don't think this is a title-winning squad when I look at it um, not that there are many Australian squads that you'd look at no, the exactly. say yeah. that. but I think what you're looking at is a squad that's not going to be embarrassed I think these guys are going to um, you know shore things up and there's so much experience in there they can infuse into the team um, over a season or two I think it's probably good news yeah, it's interesting, and Hugh, you're going to check soon, but I know Dan Herbert, who's sort of the, the head of Reds Rugby um, and highly involved in the recruitment with, with Styles there, is, has said for a while that he thinks Australian rugby gets rid of their experienced players too readily. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was always keen to make sure that we had that experience there. And I, I guess it also helps when you've got somewhat of an inexperienced coach. Um, like Stiles and Steve Moore would have played together, and George Smith, I know Smith and, and, and um, Stiles, that 2001 line series together. So, but um, you know, I think that's a big part of it. But you, you talk about that background. All of a sudden, we've got Higginbotham and Hendrick Chewy and George Smith and Leroy Houston and Caleb Timmer, who's this wonderful get the former Bronco, Bronco, who's you know a rugby background, who I think is going to be dynamic. Um, what we've lacked in the past is ball runners. You know, anyone can, that can get us over the advantage line. Chewy was the only one doing it before. But with all due respects to, to Schatz and Curtis Browning, we just weren't getting that momentum. But um, all of a sudden, we've got these five legitimate ball runners just in the back row. So that's pretty exciting. Hugh, what's your read? Is it uh, a good balance still or, or too much uh, too much age? Oh, I think it's a great balance, Reg. And I think the, the description of it as them as a dad's army, I think, is, is harsh in the extreme. I mean, with the, with the exception, okay. So Steve Moore's thirty three, and George Smith is is um fifty one. Um, <laughs> uh, outside of those two, I mean, who who are you who are your old bastards? I mean, Scotty Higginbotham has been around, but he's only thirty. He's only uh, just Quade thirty. Yeah. Quake Cooper's twenty eight. Rob Simmons twenty eight. Like they, these guys aren't aren't. I've still got you know maybe four, five, six years left in them each. So, I mean, I, I hardly think they're in the twilight of their careers. So, I, 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 I think actually it's a really, really enticing little mix they've got there. And and yeah, look, some issues maybe depth nine, ten might be a problem, and twelve. You know, there isn't an obvious candidate there. Maybe Duncan Paiuia or someone like that yep. might slot in. But yeah, you know, there's still some holes in that side. And I agree with Matt that they're not. I wouldn't put them down as a premiership contender, but um, certainly they've got some pieces there that, that could could really, um, you know, uh, make a very, very attractive rugby side. And, and if things go their way with injury and luck and, you know, the bounce of the ball, I can I can see them taking out the Aussie Conference, which is something that, you know, sitting there mm. after six or seven rounds last um, earlier this year, you would have said would be, you know, wouldn't be further, wouldn't be further away, but... Um, it's it, you know a, a few things can change quite quickly in this game and and so it has for the Reds and um, let's hope we can get the crowds back and that young you know a bit of young talent coming through as well as we've seen with with um, with Luke and Tui and and Hendrick Tui and um, 
you know, Caleb Timu, as you suggest, and um, yeah, some, some, some Parisi and a, a few of these other guys, and, and all of a sudden it, it, it starts to, again, you know, the upswing starts and the crowds come back and it's fantastic. So, um, well, it's, look, it's interesting yeah. to see the social media response because as quickly as people were jumping off when Richard Graham was re-signed as coach, the, the mood on social media is they're jumping back on now for the for the you know, sake of Higgins and, and all these other signings. So there is excitement out there. The other one is the assistant coaches aren't named yet. They should be named pretty soon. But I, I've heard that apparently uh, Checker, Byrne and Ledesmo have all committed to being one day a week at the Reds as well. So... That's pretty significant from a coaching perspective. So we should be seeing plenty of those guys and the impact they have on the team as well, which is great. What the hell? Is Ledesma any relation to Mario Ledesma? <laughs> yeah, he's his big brother. He's much more highly credentialed. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> Joe Tamayne's um, kicking coach. <laughs> Joe Tamayne. Is, um, and is, is, uh, what was his name? Brad Thorne. So is, he, is there any threat of him actually running on? Oh, no, I don't think so. I think he, <laughs> I don't think his NRC form deserves it. Yeah, but, I know yeah, he was pretty <laughs> scratchy for country. I thought it was a pretty funny. Yeah, nah. okay. mate, locks the position with ample depth in at the moment. Simmons, Douglas, Neville, Chewie, and, and Isaac Rodder. So, and you, you know, plenty of back row. So, no, I don't think that's realistic. I think he'll he'll have a big part from a coaching perspective, but I don't think he'll be on the field at any more. Yeah, but I mean, as you said, Reg, I think there's, it's a, it's if anything, it's a great marketing punch there, right? Yeah. So everyone, yep. you know, looking wants to try and get back to the heyday, and that's what they've um, at least delivered in terms of personnel. Let's hope they can deliver some of the some of the rugby. Yep, exciting stuff. Can't wait for Super Rugby season already. But before we get there, it is all happening this weekend, isn't it? So, reminder that Saturday afternoon, the Wallaroos are taking on New Zealand. The Wallaroos had their first victory on the tour today when they beat Auckland. And we're talking uh, Tuesday afternoon, New Zealand time. They beat Auckland uh, with a last-minute try. So, they take on, I don't know, what the, the female New Zealand team, are they the, the Gale Blacks? Anyone know that? They, the, the the nickname from the New Zealand women's team, but we take on them on uh, I think as a curtain raiser of the test at so about three o'clock Sydney time. Um, the test match is uh, from Eden Park, five pm. We haven't won in uh, Auckland since 1986. I remember that test very very well. Um, and then after that, the NRC Grand Final live from Tamworth, which is uh, very exciting as well. So. Um, Plenty of rugby, plenty of uh, time to uh, get out there and support Australian rugby. So, Matt and Hugh, thanks for your time tonight. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Cheers, And uh, we'll uh, catch you guys soon. Morahan goes through, finds Pryor, already has one try, chipping ahead for himself. Pryor, Pryor, oh, yes!